May the Lord give you his peace. Amen. Good morning. I was hoping that during the first reading here, there would be laughter. It's just like the, the funniest passage from the whole Bible, from uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Vanity of vanities, says Koheleth. Which is, uh, all is vanity. And then it just, it's like super bah humbug. It's just everything. Rah, and I, nobody remembers anything from the past. And in the future, they're not going to remember us. And it's all, there's nothing new under the sun. And like all this like super uh, crotchety <laughs> passage of the Bible. I love it. So crusty and uh, <laughs> uh, cynical and skeptical. And oh, it's just such a great passage. Uh, you know, a piece of literature that just kind of captures the spirit of the age. So I want to talk a little bit about suspicion and skeptical spectacles. <laughs> um, I recently finished a really great book about the Bible. You know, when you're in school, I'm in school, they're making me read all about the Bible and stuff. And um, so what the book is about is the question of whether or not the Bible, particularly the New Testament, particularly the four Gospels, whether or not this stuff is trustworthy and reliable. And uh, so this scholar who's amazing, Dr. Brant Petrie, a name to remember, uh, he's presenting some of the scholarships, so to speak, of recent times that have called into doubt whether or not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are, you know, who we don't know who wrote them. We don't, you know, we don't know when they were written. And we certainly, you know, a lot of scholars is that we could certainly say that what we read in there is not true or not trustworthy or not reliable. Like Jesus didn't really say this, this, or this, or Jesus didn't really do that, that, or that. It was, a, it was a, an, an invention. It was, you know, made up and stuff. And all of this skepticism that's been a real part of uh, so-called scholarship and uh, it's super annoying and frustrating, you know, to me. So what's happened is now we have a new batch of scholars who are applying the methods of study. You know, they know their Greek, they know their Hebrew, they, you know, all the, they've done all the research of, into the texts and, you know, and they're now applying the principles of skepticism to the skeptics. It's like giving them a little dose of their own medicine, and I love it, because uh, what, what ends up happening from that is that the, the fact that the Bible, particularly the New Testament, especially the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, state, it stands up under all the scrutiny. You know, like, uh, the more they, they study, you know, Judaism in the first century, things like, oh, you know, wait a minute, you know, it really does appear to be true and authentic and trustworthy and, you know, and uh, all of this wrestling in the, the academia has produced this kind of wave, like a new wave now of even more kind of reasons to believe. And, and real reasons to say, okay, yeah, you know, Jesus did claim to be God. He acted like God or, you know, and, and just all these things that are typically called into question are, you know, now we're starting to realize uh, scholarship starting to swing a little bit back towards just realizing that it's all trustworthy and true. But in order to get there, the, the skepticism and the questioning kind of pulled a lot of stuff out, which is really beautiful and fruitful now uh, to see you know, there, there was something in there, and then the scholars would be like, well, there's no evidence of this in the Holy Land. Uh, this is clearly an allegory. It was made up. And then the archaeologists find it, like the pull of Siloam. It's like, oh, and it, it's exactly as John described it in his gospel. Cha-ching, you know. It's like, oh, maybe it is true. And, uh, and then last night I attended a movie, 
which is why I'm a little tired this morning. And it's a, a documentary about an alleged Marian apparition. I'm not, I'll say alleged because it's still happening right now, and so the church is investigating. And uh, it follows the story of seven people who go on pilgrimage to this shrine, and it, you, uh, you get to follow, each one of them had a unique story, and uh, two of them were atheists. And so these guys go over to the shrine of the alleged Marian apparitions, and they're all, you know, we're going to get to the bottom of this, it's a hoax, and it's all like they're skeptical, and they're doubting, and they're questioning everything, and um, really typical of modern, these guys are super modern guys. And uh, so it makes for a great movie. Because, you know, who wants to be gullible? Who wants to just believe any little thing that's out there, right? You know, like, so there's a, to be questioning and to, to, you know, apply the gift of your reason to, to evaluate and weigh things, is, it's a good thing. And um, so, anyways, it's interesting to see. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, these guys are confronted with a lot of things that they just don't know what to do with, you know, and uh, their atheistic kind of beliefs they, they both kind of come to realize, oh, there's a lot of holes in my atheism. You know, things that, you know, reason would suggest to me that, oh, something's going on here, but not exactly sure what's going on. So a little, a little uh, shout out to just this whole thing of questioning. And uh, certainly this first reading from the book of Ecclesiastes is such a great biblical example of just this kind of, ah, oh, you know, nothing new under the sun. Vanity, everything's a vanity. And um, when you first hear that, you know, maybe you want to laugh, maybe you want to cry. And you're like, boy, somebody was having a bad day the day they wrote that, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and then, so then it offers us an opportunity to look into our own hearts, you know, and to, to confront, you know, our own struggles to believe and to trust, you know. And certainly to be in religious life, you need a lot of faith and you need a lot of trust. You know, when you're in formation and uh, when you're through formation and you're in your final vows and stuff, like, we need so, such a strong faith and we need so much trust to live this way, right? To follow the Lord, to, to really try to live the gospel, to be faithful, to be authentic, to, to really strive to be holy and to, to really put into practice our faith. Um, you need a lot of grace, and you need a lot of trust in the Lord. And, and, you know, part of what could help us to grow in trust is to question things. So when I was a little boy, my favorite letter of the alphabet was the letter Y. <laughs> you know, my poor parents, you know, I've always kind of wanted, you know, just my own fallen human nature. I didn't never take things at face value, you know. It's like my, my, fund of, my default position is kind of like questioning why. And... Um, and that's okay, but the, the thing about questioning and going through trials and difficulties and confronting the skepticism of your own heart is um, that uh, we can question in a way with like an open heart and an open mind, or we can question in a way with like a closed mind and a closed heart, you know, where it's just, um, at the end of the day, even though you're questioning, you're not really open to the answer. And that's, that's a phenomenon in the world today. There are all kinds of people, like, they love to talk about asking questions. But then you get the sense that they're, they're really, as long as we're still in question mode, we're, we're comfortable and we're safe. But, you know, forgetting that the, um, the goal or the reason why you ask questions is to get an answer. Oh, no, we don't want that part. You know, or like people say, the destination, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. 
Okay, now there's some truth to that. Like, there's a lot that happens along the journey, but the goal of the journey is the destination. The goal of the asking of the questions is the answer, you know? Um, and uh, at the end of that road is a loving father, our loving father. God is our loving father. And, and that's the answer to the question, and that's the destination of the journey. And, you know, in our trials and our difficulties and our struggles and the, the things where we, we try to understand what's going on and we ask questions, you know, the, the, uh, the heart of all of that is to just keeping in mind, this is where we're going. This is where we're going, you know. This is the thing that makes sense of everything we do while we get up off the floor in the morning. And uh, we, we struggle to pray. We struggle to be merciful to those we encounter both within the walls and outside the walls, you know. And uh, we strive for virtue, especially in moments when there's a big part of ourselves that just doesn't want to do it. You know, and that's, those are good moments, by the way. They're painful, they're awkward, they're difficult, they're frustrating, but they're so good. You know, when we're confronted with our limitations, with our inabilities, with our weaknesses, with our need for God. Uh, those are really good moments, huh? And th there'll be many such moments along the way. There'll be many such moments, so... Um, so we pray for the grace to, to just have open hearts, open minds, to, to not be afraid to ask questions and to search and to seek, but in such a way that we realize that at the end of it all, the, the bottom of it all, it, it's the presence of our loving Father who's there and who's calling us. He's calling us. He's drawing our hearts. And uh, let us follow where he leads us. Amen. Mm -hmm.